All right, this is Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. Tonight is awards time. We're going to be handing out our Steeler Country awards. I've got Mike and Joe with me tonight. Mike, how are you doing? Doing well. Good to be back on the podcast. Joe? I'm very excited about this podcast, Tony. <laughs> well, before we get started on our awards, I do want to explain, you know, it's, it's March now. We usually do this closer to February. Um, tonight is actually going to be the last Steeler Country uh, ever. Uh, now, before we, before we get into anything, uh, back in February, Locked On, the Locked On Podcast Network reached out to me. Um, if you're not familiar with Locked On, they are a uh, large uh, podcast network doing daily podcasts. Um, and they uh, offered me the position of host of Locked On Steelers. So if you're familiar with that podcast, John Ledyard, he's done an excellent job. Uh, we made that transition on uh, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. So that podcast is live now. So what does this mean going forward? Steeler Country will end with tonight's podcast. We will do our awards, and this will kind of be uh, a kind of our farewell podcast. But then, you know, hopefully everybody here, just go over to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Find that feed on iTunes or wherever you're subscribed. Um, subscribe there, and you will get now a daily dose. Remember, uh, Locked On is doing daily podcasts, so you'll now get a daily dose of Steeler Country, essentially, uh, over there on the Locked On Network. So pretty excited about that. Uh, but again, this will be the final Steeler Country. So, Tony, I just want to say congratulations. I mean, I think it's awesome that they picked you up and you're going to be doing that podcast on a daily basis. I look forward to listening to that. just want to thank you for uh, everything that um, you've given us, this opportunity to uh, be on a podcast with you over the years. It's been a lot of fun, but you're going to do a great job there, and you are moving on up. I appreciate that, Mike. Appreciate that. All right. So. Yeah, congratulations, Tony. It's been, <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> that was very, very well done, Mike. Um, I'm still laughing about it. Uh, ten years, ten years. And, um, and you really have been the driving force behind Steeler Country. Um, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very interesting. I listened to your first um, two podcasts over there at Locked on, you're doing a great job. Uh, I'm sure those listeners over there are, are they're lucky to have you, and and um, I know I'm gonna follow you over there, and and probably uh, probably everybody listening to Steeler Country will follow you over there as well. I hope so, because again, like I said, this is not. I mean, this, while this is the end of Steeler Country, uh, I think we can also treat it as a new beginning, right? Um, you know, Steeler Country has been for the last ten years a pretty much weekly podcast. Although we've missed a couple here and there, and and certainly during the off season, um, you know we have been uh, it's it's we've been hit or miss. So uh, it'll be fun now to to get to do this uh, on a daily basis over there. Although I think you know, as I started counting the number of podcasts between now and regular season, it's quite a few. So um, definitely, Mike and Joe will be making the transition with me over to Locked On. Uh, we'll have you guys on the podcast over there. So again, it's the end of Steeler Country. It's bittersweet a little bit, but again, this is the this is a new beginning for Steeler Country in a lot of ways. So I am very excited about that. All right, let's get into the Steeler Country Awards for the 2017 season. Again, it's March, so you have to forgive us a little bit if if we have to do a little re- recollection of when we go through some of these uh, awards. Or we're going to start tonight with the best game of 2017. 2017 was an interesting year, right? It, Normally, your best game is is a playoff win or something like that, right? And in a thirteen and three season, 
It should be, you know, a spectacular win in the playoffs. Steelers didn't have that this year going one and done. So um, the game of the year nominees are the road game against the Bengals. That was the Monday night football game. Again, uh, the tragedy with Ryan Chazier in that game. But uh, also in that game, you know, the Steelers come back in the second half of that game as they regroup. Uh, the, the juju hit on Bur- Burfecht is in that game. Again, a, a big second half comeback and another Steelers win on a Chris Boswell field goal. Um, the home game against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, again, another game where the Steelers start fast and then the Ravens come out and take a lead. and The Steelers have to come back at the end. It was pretty much a theme this year. Uh, the road game against Kansas City. Remember that game was after Jacksonville. Uh, after Ben threw those five interceptions, everyone's down in the dumps. Uh, the, the Chiefs were undefeated at the time where they had beaten the New England Patriots in New England. The Steelers go in there pretty much dominate that game uh, and win with a spectacular Antonio Brown touchdown at the end. Uh, Next nominee is the home game against the Bengals. Remember that was the game after uh, Kansas city, that game uh, pretty much a a continuation of what happened in Cincinnati, much more of a domination of Cincinnati Bengals. And then the final uh, nominee for game of the year, maybe controversial, maybe not, but the, the home game against new England, which I don't think really needs an introduction. That game uh, is infamous in a lot of ways. So, the way this is going to work, if you're not familiar with the way our awards show works, uh, we, uh, we have these nominees in this category. We have five nominees. We're going to narrow that down by eliminating down to three, and then we will pick a winner and have two runners up. So what they might have something they want to nominate for removal from this list. Oh, we have to start with removals? Start with a removal. Yeah, let's... <clears throat> I, I will say, for me, off this list, I think the home game against the Bengals will probably come off because it's it's a nice win, right? And then every time you beat a division opponent at home, that's nice. But the Chiefs game was pretty much the same game and against a better opponent and in a more, you know, more... Yeah, meaning it's on the team and it basically derailed the rest of the Chiefs season. Yes. Uh, of, you know, many years ago under Cower when they come out and beat up on the best teams in the league, so... Uh, yeah, they, I, I agree with you on the Bengals home game. Yeah. Mike, you good with moving uh, the home Bengals game? Yes. Okay. All right, that brings us down to four. Do we want to talk about the Patriots game real quick? Sure, the Patriots game, I know it's a loss, right? But that was an interesting game for a lot of ways. It feels like a win for a lot of ways because, again, that's the game where Jesse James crosses the plane with the ball, with possession to pretty much everyone watching except Al Riveron. Um, we end up losing that game on pretty controversial. I mean, there was a lot of things that went into that loss that are outside of the Jesse James play, but I think the Jesse James play is what that game is remembered for. So there was the giant juju play that got us down there. Yep. It was an exciting game. Um, the Steelers played well. They played well enough to win, but they also played poorly enough and made bad decisions um, enough to lose and put yep. themselves in lost position. Um, the game is controversial because of the, the horrible call. Um, by the NFL, uh, which is just par for the NFL. They just suck. Um, and so, no, that really, I'm, I have to tell you that if their, if their mission statement was to suck at running a football league as, as worst as they possibly could, that they could not achieve a better, a, a more solid result if that were their mission statement. So that's it. That's my rant on the NFL at the end of it. But, um, uh, I think that game should come off because it was a it was a disappointing game. It wasn't a win. Um, the Steelers, if 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 the Steelers had played well enough to win, if they could have converted a first down, if they could have if they could have made a stop on defense prior to to that ending, right. you really delivered that ending 
And then Jesse James, to his credit, put the ball in the end zone. And the NFL took it away for their darling Patriots. Um, so, you know, I think it comes off. It's not it's not the game of the year for me. That's my that's the end of my two cents. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting game back and forth. And, you know, for non-Steeler fans, it probably was one of the better games of the year. However, uh, just like you said, Joe, um, there was uh, we had bad defense down the stretch, given, you know, letting Gronk walk down the field and um, and just the way the whole thing ended. So there's no way it's going to be game of the year. So you may as well take it off. OK, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm good with taking it off. Um, all right. So that'll leave us. So now we have our, our three um, nominees here. We're, OK, so now we just got to pick a winner out of the road Bengals game home for Ravens, home win over the Ravens and then the road game. For the Chiefs. I'll just say from from my perspective, I'm ranking these three, two, one. The Bengals road game is definitely three. Um, the Chiefs Chiefs win was a that was a huge win. That was again, and that was win, a huge win because it was the Steelers coming off of a humiliating home loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars, in which Ben played terrible. The defense didn't even play well in that game. I mean, nothing went right in that game. Now you're facing this undefeated Chiefs team on the road, and they have the revenge factor because remember we beat them in the playoffs the year prior by just kicking field goals. Um, it was still came on dominant. You know, I'm, I'm, I think, I think for me, that's my, that's my winner. The Chiefs game. This is the one where um, Antonio Brown caught like a bobbled pass to win yeah. the game at the end. Down, yeah. the, down the sideline. The seal, pretty much to seal. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers had to lead the whole yeah. game, but the Chiefs started to make that comeback at the end because offensively we weren't, we, we didn't really put that one away. Um, and so as the Chiefs started to climb back in it, yeah, that was the play that kind of sealed the deal. I I wasn't too excited about that game. I mean, it was a, it was a nice win. The Chiefs were undefeated coming into the game. They were, right? yeah, they were five and zero, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, that was big. But the Chiefs ended up fizzling down the stretch. And I know the Ravens weren't good either, but they are our rival. And I, I can't remember the details of the game, but I know that we did have a comeback. And I'm looking at the box score, and we scored 19 points in the fourth quarter, and they scored seven, and we yeah. went 39 to 38. Yeah. So. It was a huge win. It seemed it like was, a more exciting game. It was a it, oh, it was definitely was because remember we were we went down in that game pretty deep. I think we were down at like fourteen or seventeen at one point. It really looked dire in the second half. That uh, you know, how did we blow this one? Because I, I think the Steelers went up fourteen nothing early in that game, and then um, yeah, and then they were just yeah, they just the, the, everything went wrong. Um, Flacco was going was going nuts. Then the de- and then like the defense started playing a little better offensively. Started scoring and started getting back in it. Then the Ravens scored, like you said, they scored seven in the fourth quarter. I think they take the lead again, um, and it took it took a miracle at the end to get the Steelers that one. That's a big one. Okay, so so I, I you know the Chiefs game. I agree with with both of you on the Chiefs game. Like it's, it was like okay, that was a it was a big win because the the prior week was so bad. Um, and, and really Ben's career was on the line at that point. We didn't know, like, I, I don't think his, I don't think he was in danger of being caught or anything. I'm just saying like, we, we were thinking, okay, is it over for Ben? What, what the hell's right. going on? We, we, he we was were questioning at, it. Some of us read that game live, um, and, and saw it happen right in front of us, made the trip to Pittsburgh, um, to enjoy that. And, um, yep. the chiefs game, uh, you know, I, I have been the biggest, probably the most outspoken non-believer in the chiefs for years. Um, they're just not who everybody thinks that they are. Um, they're just not that. And so beating the chiefs 
was really cool because they were five and zero, and and we, you know, the Steelers got to be the team that exposed them and sent, you know, sent them on their on their on their way to fizzle them. Um, so that was that was pretty good, uh, and that was the one I think you talked about it already that where Antonio caught the ball against his helmet. Did you do that again? In that no, game? that was well, it? it was more like it went off of the Chiefs player's helmet, and then AB brought it out of the air and ran for a touchdown. Oh, so it was, was kind of a lucky catch. It was. I mean, it was, it was a lucky right play. through the defender's hands. Yeah. It was a great play by AB, as usual. Yeah. So, but, well, yeah, I don't know about that one. The one, the, the so the Bengals game, the Bengals game is probably the most exciting. That that's the one that had the the uh, juju hit on on perfect. perfect yeah. Um, that that's probably the most exciting game of the year. However, um, it's the worst game. It's the, probably the worst game I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, because of because of Shazier, so. That can't be for me. That can't be the most exciting game because it just wasn't. It was the most disappointing game, yeah. really. Yeah. All the other things that happened. Um, yeah. I mean, after that, no one really cared about football. Right. There was a large point of that time where it was like, right. should this? Yeah. This game. I don't even know if this game should be going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so that leaves us with the with the Ravens game, which okay. That's probably the most exciting game because, you, go, you know, you have a lead and you lose the lead and you come back. And it's, it's the classic story of an exciting game, right? If you write a script, that's the way you write and, the script. Yeah. And they yeah. won the division that day. The Steelers did clinch the division that day. So, really, that should, that should win. Yeah. But my problem is my resistance to that game is that the Ravens have become not your rival. They're like your nemesis now. They suck. They're not a good team. Week in and week out, they suck against everybody, and then they come play the Steelers, and and you know they they're like Popeye eating the spinach or whatever, and and they you know they they just turn into supermen um, because they hate the Steelers so much. Why can't the Steelers hate the the, the Ravens just as much? Well, and you know I know I know we burn the hell out of them, but but it's with yeah. ten times the talent. The game should have been forty to three. Not listen. Th- listen to some of the stats in this game. Ben Roethlisberger, five hundred six yards passing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell only had forty eight yards rushing with two touchdowns, but he also had nine catches for seventy seven yards and another touchdown. Antonio Brown, eleven catches, ready for this, two hundred and thirteen yards. Jesse James, ten catches for ninety seven yards, and <laughs> our our big man uh, Boswell was four for four with a fifty two yarder. Three yeah. Yeah. Points. No, it was. Yeah. It I was mean, seven points scored. The offense game. was on. 77 points scored in that game. The most unstealer-like performance, you know. Uh, uh, until until the Jaguars game. When we uh, yeah, maybe that was some foreshadowing. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was players. a lot of foreshadowing, which for that reason, I actually would make it the winner. I actually, you know, now that we now that we look at it, like that game did kind of let us know, like, no, bad teams are going to come into Pittsburgh and just put up a ton of points, and if the offense isn't going, it's not going to be fun. So for me, I, you know, that's a disappointing game because you shouldn't have to – do all that, 500 yards passing and all these record performances to beat who? The Ravens at home when they suck, when they shouldn't win five games in a year? You know, if it wasn't for the Steelers. Well, anyways. Um, so well, we so I'm like, to our, to our credit, we did sweep the Patriots. Or the, the Ravens. Ravens. I know. I know. I was going to say we gave them a win, but then I had to stop myself because I remembered we didn't give them a win. Didn't. But it, it kind of felt like it. Um and it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to think about. Oh, you set the set the Ravens up to make them think they're going to win, and then take it away from them at the last second. It's kind of like 
Lucy and Charlie Brown. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's comical. But but I got to tell you, when I'm watching the game, in the game, I don't enjoy it at all. I'm just so pissed that it's like, okay, one. And it's like, you know, I'm just happy I didn't destroy my TV. So, I mean, it's the end of the game that you got to be excited about. You're yeah. happy about that happened so many times this year. I mean, are you more happy about the Steelers beating the Titans 40 to 17? But you know, that's not you, that fun. The, the game that I'm the most pleased with this year, I don't know if it's, it, it probably doesn't deserve to be game of the year, but the game that I'm the most pleased with the Steelers is the last game of the year when they, when, when they, uh, then they inexplicably beat the Browns and the Browns did some stupid things, as I recall. Oh, they game. were terrible. The Browns were terrible. Yeah. Browns they had like won. three chances to win. Well, yeah. I don't even know if the Steelers outplayed them. With it was a fun game, though. I agree. With you. It was a fun game, and I enjoyed it, uh, and I enjoyed it more than practically any other game this year. You so probably enjoyed I, it because it didn't matter to us, so you didn't care if we lost. Yeah, it was and, just, they, and they it was won. Landry again, that was fun. Like you didn't expect them to win, and they won. Right? You figured, yeah, you know yeah. they can't win. They're just, just we good. didn't we didn't have like a really big win on this schedule. Like no, no, not a really good team that we beat. You remember, the none Chiefs, of the, the Chiefs were the I, one, and they weren't even that good. I mean, there weren't that many good time. teams in the AFC. Think about think about who made the playoffs in the AFC. I mean, we beat the Titans. They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game, right? The Bills. They made the playoffs. They sucked. The Jaguars made the playoffs. Yeah, we, we got beat by them twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the AFC and I guess and. What about the NFC teams? I guess we played the North Division, and they. Yeah, I mean, we beat the. Vikings, I guess I. But, yeah, we beat the Vikings, but that was early. But that in the was season. early, and that was like right after Bradford got hurt, and. Yeah. yeah. All right, so what's it going to be? My uh, vote is winner is the Browns game for me. I I, I actually think the Ravens. I, you guys are talking <sighs> in the Ravens. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna outvote Joe and go with the Ravens. All right. I mean, we won the division on that game. Yeah. Yeah, all and, right. And, and, and Joe, to your point about the whole like we don't, you know, the we play down to the Ravens. I mean, they play down to us, or we play up to them, right? Remember, we beat them with Charlie Batch in in Baltimore. That was the year they won the Super Bowl. We beat them with Charlie Batch, so it does in a lot in a little bit. Yeah, you know, it goes both ways a little bit. That's gonna end though. They're going down. Uh, yeah, They're well, getting we, worse. Well, we we swept them this year, so you know, we we did our thing. All right. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's go to play of the year. Uh, so this is a new category. We haven't done this before. I thought this was an interesting year because there were a lot of fun plays this year. Although I guess last year, if we would have done this, it would have just been easy. It would have been the AB extension at the the immaculate extension at the goal line. Um, this year, interesting because here here are our plays of the year or the nominees. Juju's ninety seven yard touchdown catch against the Lions. Uh, that was uh, remember that was we were backed up at the three yard line. The Steelers' offense couldn't score. I think we had only scored field goals at that point, um, and then Juju catches a ninety seven yarder. The but let me. Doing over under, out of the, how many are you doing? How many? How many exciting? Uh, there are, are seven nominees in this category. Seven. So, Mike, over under four of these are Juju plays. What do you think? Uh, I was going to guess three, so <laughs> I, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say three. Okay, I'll take. I'll take. I'll take the four. I'll All take right. the four. We'll, well, I'll, we'll I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Um, but that's it's fun. That is funny. You guys are close. Uh, all right. Uh, the next nominee is the Jesse James "quote unquote" incomplete pass against the Patriots uh, in the infamous play. Boo. The, Boo. Uh, the AB helmet catch touchdown against the Tennessee Titans, which a lot of people made a big deal out of. Although uh, both Mike and Joe, you have both pointed out multiple times that that was not the first time AB uh, had a helmet catch. 
his career. That was the biggest disappointment about that play is no one on the national telecast recognized that and, and showed it. Right. I think I, took, I sent right. out a picture of both of them side by side afterwards. And uh, Yeah, I mean, he did that in his rookie season um, against the Ravens in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah. Put away a playoff game, which catapulted him to be nominated during one of these podcasts. Not nominated. Podcast. Oh, not nominated. Not nominated. John he won nominated, MVP. Yeah. He won. Remember, we used to do these separately. You, he won your MVP. And Joe, he you discovered MVP. him. I, I gave you discovered him my... AB and James Harrison. That's well, right. that's right. We, we didn't do it. And Sepulveda. Don't forget about Sepulveda. The, maybe the sleeper of the century on Joe's MVP list is Daniel Sepulveda. The punter. And most people listening now probably don't even know who he was. But I will Look tell you up. that. Look him up. That that man single-handedly, single-handedly in what season was it? 2009? God, I don't Pre- even know. It must have been. 2010, maybe? Nine. Prevented Mike Tomlin from Nine having his first and maybe to this day only losing season. If it were not for Sepulveda. Let's, that's a new context that I'm putting on that one. <laughs> Sepulveda, if you don't remember, Sepulveda was our punter. And our special teams sucked so bad, they gave up. Not one, but two returns for touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs that year. And they gave up multiple returns for touchdowns throughout the season in a, in a, in a, in a handful of games that were decided by less than a touchdown. Okay, So this guy made so many. And despite that, Sepulveda had how many? Five or six touchdown saving tackles? Um, I don't know if it was that many, but... It was it was a Tony. You should just change the award to that Sepulveda award. Yeah, the Sepulveda. It really yeah. should be. It really should be the Sepulveda. The Steeler Country Sepulveda <laughs> okay, where MVP were we? award. All right. Where All right. were we? Are we on like play we're two? On, yeah, yeah, we're on like yeah, exactly. I made it through about three of the plays so far. All right. Uh, play of the year uh, nominee number four: the Juju seventy-yard catch and run against the Patriots that would ultimately set up that Jesse James play. Uh, uh, the next nominee would be AB's toe tap on the sideline against the Packers to set up that game-winning field goal. Um, that, that play was incredible. Uh, Juju's block on Burfick, which uh, got him suspended. Mm. Although, yeah. That's three for Juju. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the last nominee is AB's catch-and-run touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs, which we talked about earlier. All right, so we got to get these down to... You gotta get these down. So to... you, you didn't have any plays in the Jaguar game that they lost. I don't think they lost. Okay, but those were some exciting touchdown plays. AB's catches and uh, the, the what was it? The um, the option, you know, the yeah, Ben's yeah, the pitch, pitch to the pitch, AB, uh, the Lev Bell. Anyway, we we can move past those. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I will nominate. Look, I love Juju, and I, I yes, he is on the list three times, not four. Uh, but I think his 70-yard catch and run against Patriots, while incredible, uh, if he and if he had scored again, it would be 100% the play of the year without a doubt. Um, but it was exciting. I don't know if it belongs on. I agree. If if they would have scored the touchdown there and won the game, or if he would have scored himself and won the game, I think it would have easily been play of the year. But because they lost, I think he's out. Okay, yeah, you can eject that one. Yeah. Still an incredible play. I mean, when you think about it, the Steelers are backed up. They're, they, it's like 20 seconds to go in the game or whatever. Like, you know, it, we're, we're, it's desperation at this point. And for him to have that catch and run, incredible. But, yeah, not necessarily play of. Uh, what an ass guy is. That is a phenomenal play. It's so and we're good. just like, okay, let's just take it off there because 
He's got two more on the list. Better... <laughs> um, how do we feel about AB's helmet catch? The helmet touchdown. I like that one. That's one of my most memorable. I mean, I think, I think it's good, but it wasn't as good as his first one. That's so. what I'm saying. It's not even his best helmet catch. Well, this, yeah. the, 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 right. The, the, the stakes weren't as high. And I mean, we hey, but it was a shorter pass, though. That that other, the first pass, his rookie year, was such a was long a pass. It was yeah, unbelievable. It was and, and people forget it was on in like third and fifteen too. Like it was desperation yeah, mode in that game. Too. That's true. Um, okay. What about uh, what about AB's catch and run touchdown against the Chiefs? That's the one that the defender should have caught it. Yeah, the defender should have caught it. Knocked it down. Yeah. I I didn't like that play. Yep. Just because I th- I think that we were lucky. Yeah, you it can was, take that one off. It was lucky. Yeah, yeah, all right. We can I mean, take that one. Cool. It was cool. I mean, and you're supposed to. I mean, I'm glad know, it happened. We need when to you get it. lucky, you're supposed to make the other guy pay, and AB is, you know, nobody better than him at that. I right. mean, him pay. All right, so we're now down to Juju's 97 yard touchdown catch against the Lions, the Jesse James incomplete pass against the Patriots, AB's helmet catch, AB's toe tap against the Packers, set up a field goal, and then Juju's block on Burfick. We need to remember. I like the there. toe tap. I don't remember it exactly, but I do remember. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how did he do that? It was the, you know how we always go, oh, if it's AB, if it's AB, it's always caught. It's AB, it's always caught. That was the one time where I went, nah, he didn't catch that. That's not, there's no way he got both feet on that one. And then it was just like that shock of like, no way. He, even that one, he got both feet in. Uh, It was an incredible play. I I, I don't know if it's on this. And and the reason I like the Juju 97 yarder, uh, two reasons. One is because that was kind of his breakout performance. And, and the way he caught the ball and basically outran the defense for 50-something yards, it seemed yeah, like. A yeah. lot of times guys get caught there, and he just ran away from them. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, the yeah, other fun part of that, though, was, uh, Tony, you had Juju on your fantasy team. You dropped him because he wasn't getting play. I picked him up uh, shortly <laughs> after that and decided just to, as a, on a whim to play him in that game. So I was just really excited for that. So that was well, fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, so um, okay, so it sounds like AB's two two plays. We got to decide between one of them: AB's helmet touchdown and AB's toe tap. Unless, unless you guys want to talk about Jesse James, the Jesse James incomplete pass, or the Juju block. But it sounds like the AB catches one. We got to eliminate one. Well, you could take the helmet one off. I think the toe tap was a better play. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, I the the and other Jesse one, James is algebra because. Because he's just still doing it. It's like it brings you back his rookie season and, and all the, you know, he's gone full circle, you know. Okay, so Jesse James incomplete pass and, and Juju's block, right? Those are, to me, they yeah. are like the plays of the year. They, will, they, they define the 2017 season. So now we're down to Juju's 97-yarder against the Lions or AB's toe tap. And just so you know, if we eliminate AB's toe tap, then out of all AB's incredible plays, Right? And he was also nominated for three when we started this list. He will be down to none if we eliminate the toe tap. Not to say we shouldn't, just saying. Wait, wow. what's, how many are left? We have four left. Oh, okay. I think, I, yeah. Before I eliminate the toe tap, I'd like to eliminate the perfect hit. Because, I mean, it was an awesome hit, and everybody loves it. But I don't – because he stood over him, because perfect was hurt, I think that kind of took away from it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess he deserved – you know, it's I have that player the, that – I have the opposite it. of I have the opposite opinion. You like that? I think it makes it it makes it maybe my play of the year. Yeah, because you know why? Because Cause it's it's because it's perfect, yeah. man. Like I know it's dirty, and I get all that, and it's like you know it's unsportsmanlike and everything. But like, 
Oh, was it dirty or was it just a hard? I don't game? know if it's. Yeah, oh, the, the standing over him, right? The standing over him part was like, all right, that's a little yeah. bit. It's a little this bit over is, the top, but still, it's uh, only if it's but, perfect. This is. I think problem. if he would, I think if he would just walk away, hit him clean. He hit him yeah. hard. It's football. This is one of the meanest, nastiest bastards that ever played the game. Okay, and and there's Juju standing over him, Jack Lambert style. Okay, pointing his finger at him, and I said this at the time. I couldn't hear him. But there's a tape of Jack Lambert standing over somebody like that, going, that'll cool your ass off. That'll cool your ass off. Just imagine Juju channeling Jack Lambert at the moment. That's why, honestly. Okay, you guys can convince me to. Yeah, honestly, that's why I think this play, this play, like, it is, you know, if this had happened last year, it would 100% be our our play of the year because it was the bad blood between the the, uh, Bengals and Steelers. Remember, I mean, after that playoff game two years ago, I mean, it was, you know, it boiled over, right? I mean, we were having. He, he, they they knocked out AB. He had hurt Ben in that game. Remember, he had the Le'Veon injury earlier in the year. I mean, all of those were perfect, perfect, perfect. Right? I mean, it was just like so much. Um, and so, yeah, for this to happen two years later, I mean, it's a little bit like we're over that. But in a lot of ways, this was like the revenge, like the Steelers' revenge for everything that happened two years ago in the playoffs. I mean, I know we won that game, and that was kind of our revenge, but still. All right. So I could be convinced. So Juju, not yet. So Juju, 97-yard touchdown catch. Jesse James, incomplete pass. A.B. toe tap against the Packers. Juju block. I think you can take the, you can take the, the Jesse James. Jesse James out. Because it didn't right. go. You're going to make an argument for that one? I'm also going to make an argument for this one, yeah. I think this is, I mean, again, we're talking about play of the year, right? Because so it's a rule changing? Because this is going to change the rule, that play? Well, you know, Joe Joe's went on this rant right before we started the podcast about how, you know, it replay has changed history, right? But like this, this play changed our season, no doubt about it. hundred percent changed our season, right? If if Jesse James, if that's a touchdown, we win home field advantage. We play the, we play the Titans in the play in the uh, in the um, in the divisional round. We likely right. win that game. We then go on to play what would be the Patriots because again the Patriots and Jaguars played in the championship game. They would have played. Patriots would have won. We would have played the Patriots in Heinz Field again with a chance to play in the Super Bowl. I mean, you can make a legitimate argument that if that play goes in, the Steelers might play in the Super Bowl. Right, but but it didn't go in. And here's the thing. Here's the argument. If it goes in, right, if it goes in, if the replay horseshit doesn't happen, excuse me, um, if the replay garbage doesn't happen and, and it's a touchdown, which it was, um, then it's not the play of the year, the play of the year. Because it's because it's like you expect to score from the two-yard line with three three plays. Um uh, the play of the year is is the it's play the right juju before. Play, yeah. juju play. No, no, I agree with you. But what I'm saying you, is, but Tony's, yeah, go ahead. Offense sucked. The defense sucked. Everything sucked at that time. The only thing on that team that didn't suck was Juju. That was it. And and he got you down there. That was the play of the right. year. It, no, but the reason this is the play of the year is because it it changed the course of history. Yeah, because it was incomplete. Because it, because it, it was, wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, because because it it's it not a catch. How was that not a oh. catch? It's ranked number two in Patriot history in, in the things that changed their fortunes. Right. One, the tuck, and two, the, the the Jesse James play. Well, who cares? It doesn't help us. So put it on the Patriots' best plays of the year. You know, and really, their best plays of the year are all delivered by the reps. I mean, let's just be honest. Right. I'm not saying this is a I – mean, I don't know if this is best play of the year, right? This is just play of the year, right? The play that you are going to remember, right? What is going to define 2017? If we go back and you go back, what was the play? Like, if you go back 2016, right, what is the play of that year? It was, it was the AB extension, right? 
Um, if you go back to, but if you go back to 2017, the play we're all going to remember about 2017 to me is the fact that, oh yeah, remember that was the year that Jesse James had the touchdown against New England. They took it back. So if you go back to 1995, the play of the year was Neil O'Donnell throwing to Larry Brown. That's yeah, If you Bowl. go back to the 1995 season, yes. I think if you ask, describe one play from the 1995 season, yeah, I think you would say, you would say one of the two interceptions, whichever, <laughs> whichever one you want to describe. They're both terrible and they're both the same. Okay. I, I, I understand. I what mean, you're but saying. for me, okay, but that's the negative side of it. I mean, if you ask me that, it's just play. That Super Bowl season was the onside kick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. The surprise onside. Yeah. I mean, that was brilliant. And I don't know if that was ever even done in the Super Bowl before then. I don't think it was. I remember Sean Payton actually, and you know what's funny is Sean Payton now gets all that credit for the for the onside kick he ran in that game, and Nick Saban's too in the in the Alabama for Alabama. Um, The Steelers had an onside kick against the Vikings in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't really an onside kick. It was more of a surprise to everybody because that was when Jarella slipped, right? Yeah, I think we recovered. Maybe it was the Patriots or the Cowboys. Okay, so so you guys, okay, so we're eliminating Jesse James in complete passing in space. Yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from, but. I mean, I'd rather not have that as play of the year. Okay. There's too much explanation that has to be behind it. Yeah. Okay, so we are now we now are down to three. So we just got to pick a winner. Juju's 97-yarder against the Lions, AB's toe-tap against the Packers, or the Juju block on Burfick. For me, it's down to one of the Juju plays. The Juju 97-yarder, here's my thing yeah. about the Juju 97-yarder. Like you said, Mike, it, it's, it's not just that like it was impressive because he went 97 yards. It's how unexpected the entire play happened, right? Oh crap! Juju just caught a, a over the top. Like I didn't even know. At that point, all we'd seen Juju do was like you know the the Heinz Ward style, like over the middle, right? You know, big hits or big catches in big moments. But you know, again, we hadn't seen a lot of run after catch with Juju. Certainly not like this. And and the more the play went on, the more you kept thinking, oh, they're gonna catch him. All right, well he's gonna get caught now. Now he's gonna get caught. You know, now he's gonna get caught. And then he just kept going, going, going all the way for the end the end zone. I mean, this is something when we when we got Juju on the team, no one knew. I don't even think he knew that he had that kind of breakaway speed. Yeah, and then and it was his breakout performance too. Yeah, That's why I like that one. And and it was a touchdown. I mean, I like. I think AB deserves play of the year because of all the plays that he had. Especially, I think it, I think some of his best plays were in the Jagsville or the Jaguar loss. Yeah, but his play was not a touchdown. I know that it did put him in position to win the game, but Juju's was a touchdown and it was a breakout game. So I'm going to go with Juju. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to confess that my favorite play of the year is the is the juju hit in the Cincinnati game. Um, <laughs> I, you know, that's just, just that's the one for me. But uh, I mean, I could be convinced I, that that's I, the play of the year. Yeah, actually, you know what? I think I think I think that's you know I think you're right. The juju block on Perfect that 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 probably should be play of the year. That was so awesome. Uh, I mean, it kind of it kind of sets the tone for this season where our defense let it down let us down so much that. Um, that the best hit of the year was by an, <laughs> was offensive, by an player. offensive player. Yeah, right. I mean, I, and really and truly, it's like you know, you defensive guys. You know, where the hell have you been? Yeah. Are there are there? You know, like we we didn't talk about any exciting defensive plays. No. If you go back to the 2008 season, right, or any season, yeah, yeah. it would be all defensive plays. We're talking yeah. Paul plays. We're talking um. We're talking James Harrison plays. Okay. We're, there's nothing to talk about on a defense here. No, I mean. Tony said it. Yeah. Tony said of, it on Locked On. We're missing a defensive playmaker. playmaker. Well, we had one, and he got yeah, you know. yeah, and he was just emerging too. So yeah, 
because he had, uh, if you were going to pick the most exciting defensive plays of the year, it would be one of one of Shazier's interceptions, or or it might be one of the early games with T.J. Watt had a couple yeah, splash a couple plays. Yeah, I think it would end up going to Shazier, um, and uh, and then and then after he went out, the whole defense just collapsed. Oh, yeah, it was a disaster. All right, so Steeler Country's 2017 play of the year is going to be Juju's block on Burfick, uh with runners up. Uh, Juju's 97-yard touchdown against the Lions and AB's toe tap against the Packers that would set up a game-winning field goal. All right, our next category. This is this is this is going to be a long one, guys. I apologize. Most disappointing, and in a season where we went 13 and three, and then we're one and done by getting blown—well, not blown out, but we lost in a shootout to a defensive team led by Blake Bortles. I think there are a lot of disappointing things we can talk about this season. I only have seven nominees, but I welcome more if you guys want to add some. I'll go over them now. Uh, most disappointing, Martavis Bryant, James Harrison, and not just not just James Harrison, but the kind of James Harrison situation, the way that that played out with um, him uh, kind of forcing his exit, going to our rival, the Patriots, and then all of the fallout of, uh, of you know, the, the kind of bitterness between the players and Harrison and the way that all played out. Uh, Sean Davis. And his play in 2017, Bud Dupree, his play in 2017, uh, Artie Burns, ditto. Uh, Eli Rogers, not so much for maybe his play, but just the fact that um, he didn't progress like a lot of people thought he would, although you can make an argument that Juju pretty much just outplayed him throughout, throughout the season. And then uh, J.J. Wilcox, who, again, was signed. I believe the Steelers traded a fourth-round, fifth-round pick for J.J. Wilcox, uh, who saw the field for maybe 20 plays in 2017 and in a position at safety where the Steelers could have really used some help. Um, JJ Wilcox, pretty much no show. So those are the seven nominees for most disappointing. Before we get started on eliminating some of these, is there anything you guys want to add to the list? Because last year, if you didn't listen to last year's award show, the most disappointing of 2016 was not actually a nominee when the, when the award was announced. It was ended up being the game plan against the New England Patriots and the fact that the Steelers <laughs> ran zone all game. Um, so is there anything you guys want to walk on? Yeah. That they played scared. They played scared. They played, they're right, they're right. Yeah, they played scared. Yeah. So uh, is there anything that you guys want to add to this year's list before we get started? Well, Obviously, we could just add the, I'm trying the to fact think that it, they got the fact that they lost to the Jaguars twice or, you know. I, I, I'm trying to think of something from the defensive side. The lack I of mean, the lack of the, just the general lack of depth at inside linebacker. So I'm disappointed, Tone, in uh, in your list. Okay. It's just all – I mean, I know the players are disappointing, but, I mean, a collection of talent – I mean, it's not like there's no talent on the defense. And if there is no talent on the defense, you know, that doesn't come down to a single player or, or you know, you point at this player, point at that player, point at this player, point at that player. It's like, who the hell's picking these guys? They can't play. Right. You, know, you got seven disappointing – you yeah. got you just went through a list of who's disappointing – Eli Rogers was the only offensive, only non-defensive. Uh, well, Martavis was on there. Martavis. I mean, Martavis and, uh, and when I went through that two, list, two I think Martavis, seven. yeah, Martavis was the most disappointing in my mind. But there was, you know, the expectation shouldn't have been so high because he was returning. And so I I don't like just picking one player out of that list. And I, and I think it should be someone on the defensive side or it should be something about the defense. And um, you ready for the walk on, or Joe? You're gonna yeah. are you gonna present the walk on first? I'm gonna have something. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's more of the coaching staff, or you know, getting these 
players to play or coming up with a scheme that's going to work. Player development? Yeah, play, I mean, player development or even, I mean, this was Butler's first year? Fourth, or no, third year, third year. Yeah, it's the third year, yeah. First year. <laughs> it seemed like it, listen, if it had been his first year, I think we could all be a little bit, all right, well, it's only year one. Let's let him grow into it. But no, yeah, it's, so, it's his year three. Right. <laughs> it only seemed that way. It only seemed that way. Jeez. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that I, I just think that the talent that they do have some talent, I think Artie Burns, I know that he didn't improve as much as we wanted him to, or maybe at all, but I think he's kind of up and down. And Bud Dupree seems like athletic enough, but it, it, for some reason, he just doesn't get, he, you know, he doesn't have those plays that we used to see with Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd, where he's just, you know, uh, free running to the quarterback. So, I don't know. I think it's kind of scheme. If yeah. you if you have talent and you can't put them in a position to to succeed, that's not your talent's fault. Um, and I, and I, I just have, for me, there's only one, the only way I can be true to myself, I would be the biggest hypocrite if I didn't say what I, this is. This is bad, what I'm going to say, but um, I have to. I, I, I listen. I have been the the most outspoken um, fan of the Steelers front office and the and the, the integrity with which they run their team, and and I still am. I still am. But I made fun of the Cowboys fans. This was a few seasons ago, and you'll remember this. This was when Peyton Manning had switched from the Colts to the Broncos. And it might have been his first season over there. But in any case, they, they ran into the Cowboys in a night game. Tony Romo was quarterback. And, and the game was like 45 to 42, something like that. And here come the Cowboy fans just piling on their whipping boy, Tony Romo, saying, oh, we got to get rid of Romo. That's why we lost the game. And I'm like pointing at every Cowboy fan I could find. I go, you guys are idiots. This is the reason you guys will never win anything because you give up 45 points and you and you and your offense puts up 42 points and you want to change quarterbacks. You guys are idiots. Okay. Well, now here come the Steelers. We just talked about a game where the Steelers put up or been through for 500 yards. We talked about in unbelievable catches. The most unbelievable plays. I mean, really, this season is full of the, that list of, of the most memorable plays. They're phenomenal plays. There's so many of them on there. Um, and uh, and so at the end of the season, what happens? Uh, in the Jaguars game, I don't know the stats. Ben probably threw for in the 400s, I'm sure. Um, this, the offense put up 42 points, I believe, um, in a loss at home. Okay? And what happened? What happened? We fired our offensive coordinator. Yeah, That's but it's only, only if you frame it that way does it seem that crazy. I know that it's a personality thing. Yeah. I know that. Okay? So fine. Fine. Fired him. Fine. Okay? But what's going on? We, this, this team hasn't been a top defense in at least six years. Okay? It's been a crap defense, a lackluster, garbage defense. Oh, well, I mean, of, it's, it's been average to below average, yeah. It's been, yeah, okay. For six years. I think that may be the longest drought since 1970-something, okay? 71, maybe? Um, I don't know. There may have been a stretch in there in the 80s. Yeah, where, I was going to say, the 80s. The 80s wasn't exactly, uh, we weren't lighting well, the world on fire. defenses, and our defenses were exciting, and they always had turnovers, 
and and we lost games because we couldn't make first downs on offense. Um, but here we can't make a stop. We can never make a stop. I mean, and, and you know, and they, and they we had a bad secondary in, in there. So there may have been in the '80s a stretch, but it's gone back a long, long way. Um, and and I don't know that it was six consecutive years where the defense was just no good or or not better right, well, than middle. Let me, Okay, let, let, let me um, let me explain. Okay, so let's talk about the defense in a different way, right? Because I think we're all talking about how bad the defense was. Remember, the defense this year wasn't actually bad the entire year, right? They went they went on that run. In fact, they started, I believe it was the first 11 games of the year where they didn't even allow an opponent to have 20 points in regulation, right? I mean, every game was, was played. You know, the Steelers' offense couldn't score. Remember, Ben had that slow start to the season where the offense wasn't really getting going. But remember, you know, defensively early on, it was pretty good, right? Uh, but, you know, the... Now, the question is, why was it good and why did it get bad, right? Um, the, the problem for me with this defense is that every year the defense gets – it feels like, oh, maybe this is the year that the defense gets good because we've added a couple of new players, right? You know, two years ago, um, it was like 2-8 and, and Shazier was getting better, right? And you're like, oh, well, okay, now now we really have a core. And then, and then we added Artie Burns and we added Sean Davis and we added Javon Hargrave and you felt like in 2016 it was like, oh, okay – no, no, now we're getting, the right? We won a game by only scoring field goals and holding the other team like 15 points, right? It felt like, okay, now we've got a defense that we can build on. And then we get into 2017, right? And it's like, okay, now we've got TJ Watt and we've got Mike Hilton and we've got, you know, these young players again that we're adding to this. And okay, now we've really got it. And then at the end of every year, it always ends the same way, which is, holy crap, we just got killed by whoever we just played, right? We couldn't, we couldn't stop them. Um, and the reason for that is because you go, you go back and you keep looking at who are those players that we added. And did they actually get any better? Right? We got Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell came on the team. He was good. But then he, like, fizzled out, right? And at the end of this year, he wasn't any any good. Uh, you look at Bud Dupree, right? Bud Dupree last year, the end of last season, at the end of 2016, Bud Dupree only played, like, six games and had four and a half sacks. And everyone's like, wow, this, you know, Bud Dupree could be a monster. There was an article written about how Bud, Bud Dupree wants to be defensive MVP. And he's working with, like all these trainers and everything and he's going to be you know the the next great Steeler sack machine I don't you know he didn't register in 2017 he was you know he was he was nowhere to be found um you look at guys like Artie Burns and Sean Davis who again this was supposed to be the the new nucleus of a revived Steeler secondary that we have been missing ever since the you know since the the retirement of Ryan Clark and Troy Palomalu and Ike Taylor right and and that era this was supposed to be the rejuvenation of that year one it's like okay we have this good young foundation to build around and then year two of them, eh, it's crap, right? Um, you know, and now, and so last year, right, you can look at the defense and say there are some exciting young talent there. Mike Hilton certainly was very, very good. E.J. Watt, again, very, very good. The problem we have is we're now we're going, well, if they get better in 2018, right, and we had some more players, we could be good. And the, that's the, always the, the trap of the Steelers is that we, we just keep assuming that these, we, okay, we got these guys in year one, and now in year two they're going to be better. And then they're not, and we just – continue that cycle right and to the player to the player evaluation or excuse me to the player development point right it's not like Steeler players or young Steeler players are coming to the Steelers not doing well leaving and then doing well elsewhere right it's not like there's a lot of young Steeler talent that leaves and does well right like you know Ziggy Hood didn't go light the world on fire after he left or Jarvis Jones isn't lighting the world on fire after he left or or um I guess even, oh, even Keenan Lewis, right? Remember Keenan Lewis? We let him go to, it was crazy. Keenan Lewis went to New Orleans. He was okay. He got hurt. Now he's out of football. Um, no, I mean, I think probably, like, we might, I, I would I would be okay with, on this list, putting 
defensive player evaluation or something like that, right? Like just, are we bringing in the right talent? Because it seems like year one, we kind of make the this like the Steelers go for these high upside, super athletic guys, and year one we can make that work, and then year two people start to figure it out, and it just goes back to the same. We just get stuck in the same rut. So you think it's more the talent than the scheme? I, I'm starting to think yeah, it's more talent than scheme. Just just in the way I'm, you start thinking about all the players and like, you know, is anyone like? Who's our best? Who who's been our best linebacker since James Harrison? Ryan Chazier and no one else, right? Who's our best cornerback since Mike Taylor? <laughs> yeah, T.J. Watt, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, who's our best? Who's our best corner since Ike Taylor? Uh, Artie Burns. Artie Burns. <laughs> you know who's our best safety? Joe since Troy Polamalu. Yeah, Joe Hayden. Right, Joe Hayden's probably our best corner. Right, who's our best safety since Troy Polamalu? Mike Mitchell. Right, that's not good. Uh, Mitchell, Mitchell was, he had his moments. He had his moments. He was, he yeah. was, look, he was, I don't see, I never, Mike Mitchell, maybe only his first year when he had that torn quad, was he actually bad? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If yeah, he, actually, bad. he was he good. He was, he was a good player. How come they're getting rid of him? Um, or let him money. go. Money? Money and just money. like, you know, he's not going to get any better, right? We've seen the best of Mike Mitchell. Uh, yeah. So, Yeah. All right, so I, I mean, I'm okay with I'm okay with any generalization of defense. You, you want know, to just put the word defense on it? Let's just, let's just replace Sean Davis, Bud Dupree, Artie Burns, yeah. right? We'll just put defense. <laughs> I mean, I think all those guys. I you know I know that it was a little bit it was a disappointment last year because we we hope those young guys take a step up and they didn't. But it's not to say that they can't next year. I mean, things change, especially like your sophomore year. Sometimes it's not exactly the same. No, so, but, but Mike, that, and I know it wasn't that's the rut we fall in. Remember we used to say the same thing about Jarvis Jones? I know. I know. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> it's the same. I mean, it sucks. It's, it's, we're in they need to terrible, draft a playmaker. Like, You're right. It's, they it, need this, to draft a playmaker. Yeah. The last six years yeah. of Steeler defense. Easily, easily defense is the most disappointing thing about the Steelers. And it has been for years. Yeah. And, and um, I, you know, I, I just think. I think I just it hurts. Think it hurts worse this year because it because it's gone on for so long now, right? I think the last couple of years, you've yeah, it sucked that when we got killed by by the Patriots in the playoffs, but you know there was the bright side of like, well, there was okay, there is a bunch of young talent. Okay, fine. Brady picked on some rookies in the secondary. You know that won't be the case forever, right? We're gonna this team's gonna get better, but the problem is they didn't. They didn't get better. Better no, and and then and you don't really see signs of life, like you don't really see. Like, oh, man, it's, you know, it's starting to come together and, you know, they're making some plays and there's some exciting things. Happen. Nothing. It's all it's always like, oh, man, you know, right. uh, they're just burned. They're just right. the, burning. The best players, the best players on the defense this year were players we didn't have in 2016. I think that's the biggest, uh, you know, that, that's like the biggest disappointment about this, about this team is that they're just, you know, they get these, they get talent and then they just, it just never materializes. Really, I mean, you have to argue that, whether it's talent in the first place. It's a big disappointment because Steeler. I mean, if you're an old Steeler fan like I am, you know, you're a Steeler fan not by accident. You're a Steeler fan because you like defense. You like great defense. You like exciting defense. You like defense that dictates, defense that stagnates, defense that takes away what other teams like to do best. They can't do it, um, and and we don't get any of that. We haven't gotten that for years and years and years. Yeah. So when in the nineties, I used to say, "Oh, go ahead." I'm disappointed in, in in the defense. 
I'm disappointed in Steeler football. It's not Steeler football anymore. Oh, that, there we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, seriously, that is. Go ahead, Mike. You were going to say something. I, I was going to say in the 90s, if you put the ball on the 10-yard line and said you can have your offense on the field with 10 yards to go or the defense on the field with 90 yards to go, we wanted the defense on the field with 90 yards to go. Yeah. I mean, we were more excited anymore. about the defense possibly scoring or getting an interception or a safety than our offense back then anyway. And it was exciting. All right, so I'll make this easy for us. Winner of most disappointing is defense, and then runners up. Okay, so the other the, right now our our uh, nominees are Martavis Bryant, James Harrison situation, like the James Harrison ending, Eli Rogers, and JJ Wilcox. I think we could just eliminate Eli Rogers, JJ Wilcox, and then uh, Martavis I, Bryant I, and James Harrison. For me, second on the list is James Harrison. He's a great Steeler linebacker. Yeah. Um, sonified Steeler defense. Um, he's in the in the Legacy of the three best, to me, the three best linebackers that ever played football for the Steelers, uh, that being Lambert Lloyd, and then the next name on that list is Harrison. And and that's in chronological order, not necessarily, you know, top to, you know, one to three. Um, and uh, um, for him to for him to not be a team player, for him to have come back from Cincinnati saying on on that special they had about him, you know, with his kids, oh, we love Pittsburgh and and, you know, wasn't about money or whatever. Um, and for him to come back, he's an old guy and only worked hard, but for him to not mentor the young guys, for him to not be a team player, for him to jump ship late in the season um, and, and go to, go to the, the conference arch rival of, of Ben's entire career. I mean, that's just, it doesn't get more disappointing than that. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it, 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 I think it says, you know, a lot about how bad the defense has been that, that one over the James Harrison season. Yeah, I agree. That was well said. And even though that there wasn't that, you know, high expectations for James Harrison that this past season, it, even though, you know, maybe late in the games uh, to we wanted to see him and we, and we really didn't. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. But just like Joe said, I mean, just the way it all ended for such a star player, um, you know, big time defensive player over the years. But Joe, I think you left out Jack Ham, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was picking, but Okay, so you could put Kevin Green in there. You could put there's a lot of other guys. Merriweather, um, Ferrier, Joey Porter, Joey Porter, Porter. I mean, there's a lot of guys you could put in the list. I'm talking about the leaders of the defense, the leaders of the linebacking yeah. core during their era. It was yeah. Lloyd. For those guys, Jack Ham's in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, well Lloyd is the most probably the most underrated Steelers linebacker ever. Because he was a quiet guy. I mean, he made he made unbelievable. If you watched him, you knew who he was. Um, yeah, I'm all sure on the you field. You're right. Him, you knew who he was because he was going to hit your ass. He didn't game. promote himself off the field like a lot of these but, players. Yeah, do. and and um and because they didn't win a Super Bowl, um, you know, I I guess he's not going to go to the Hall of Fame, which is really a uh, that's a that's a shame. But I won't stop talking about him. He played great football. He and and I, listen, I. I don't, I like, you can't fake it for me. I watch all the games. So if you're there making plays and you're, and I'm, and I'm a defensive guy and you're, and you're making me enjoy Steeler defense, I'm going to notice. Um, and I did. And so the guy, the guy's career, um, it's, it stands for itself. You don't have to hype it. It is what it is, what it was. And, um, that he's not going to go to the hall of fame is a, that's just a shame. All right, let's uh, okay. Let's move on to um, best. Okay, so we used to do most potential. Now the winners of mo- I'm going to go over who the winners of most potential were. 
The winners of most potential on Steeler Country were Jarvis Jones, uh, Martavis Bryant, uh, Ryan Shazier, and Bud Dupree. Out of those players, only only Ryan Shazier ended up being an actually good football player. Um, so we're not going to do most potential anymore. Uh, well, Bud, the Bud Dupree, the, I think the jury's still out on him. The jury's still out. Gotta, and Martavis... I think you're cutting Martavis short. And Martavis too, really. I mean, Martavis is still he's he's still there and he's still Yeah, he still he still plays wide receiver. I agree, but he's not he's not Martavis no, it, Bryant. It's possible he, he comes he, back and He made a couple year. of great plays this year. You didn't put him on your list, but um but he did make he did make a one-handed catch for a uh, a clutch first down. Um I don't remember what the game was. Um but he but it was and it wasn't the only play. Yeah. There were other ones that he missed. And, it was, that was and him and Ben just weren't clicking. I mean, they tried long passes with him a lot this past season. And maybe, I mean, he, he wasn't in training camp the whole time, right? Because of his suspension. So I'd say just give him another chance this year coming up. I'm always giving him another chance though, aren't I? You are. All right. So in, in that respect, we're not going to do most potential anymore uh, because yeah, uh, the Steelers most potential always fizzles out. We haven't had a great track record. So, I'm going to replace it with a new category, best new player. Because this, I think we can we can legitimately say who the best new player was without like jinxing them and saying and, and ruining their career. So the nominees for best new player, and this is newly acquired, so it doesn't have to be a necessarily a rookie, but someone who they brought in. Uh, best new player, TJ Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Hilton, Tyson Alu-Alu, James Conner, Joe Hayden, Vance McDonald. And that's pretty much every new player they brought in, except J.J. Wilcox, because he didn't really play. Um, but, yeah. So, from that list, I can tell right away, we're probably going to remove James Conner, being that he didn't even play that much. Yeah, Connor, that's an interesting list, that, that there's that many new players, and they all did very well. Connor, Connor was the... James the, Conner, because he was injured. He Panther? That's who he is, right? Yeah, yeah. Pit Panther, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Panther survivor, yeah, local kid. Great story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, when he did play, I remember, you know, he did pretty good. He didn't play very much. He didn't. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, you know, you have Le'Veon, it's tough, but Le'Veon dominated yeah. that position. Yeah. So he wasn't going to get a lot of yeah. time. I could see uh, taking hey, him off Hey, listen, if, if Le'Veon retires, I mean, James Conner's a starter, right? He could be. I mean, he, uh, Le'Veon's not going to retire. He's going to go take a deal. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if he's going to take a deal. I hope you're right. Uh, all right. Uh, off this list, I don't know. Tyson Alualu. You know, it's hard. I think it's hard for me to put a defensive lineman on the list, given given just like I, I know when Shazier went down, the whole defense changed. But like run defense was was kind of hit or miss, right? At the beginning of the year, it was good, but then there was the Bears game happened, and everyone's like, "What? What was that about?" And then like the end of Jacksonville, they give up that long run. And then just like as soon as Shazier went out, the run defense was just atrocious from that point forward every game. Um, and Tyson Alualu was a part of that defensive line. I thought Tyson Alualu was good and better than some of the guys we've had behind Tewitt and Hayward. I think one of the biggest problems defensively is that this defense relies so much on Tewitt and, and Cam Hayward to be so good that when they're not on the field, um, you know, the, the defense is hurts. Um, Alualu, I thought, did the best of anyone's done trying to, you know, be a rotation for those guys, but I don't know if he belongs on. No, I mean, really, you've got two guys that have to be on the list, top one and two, and then I don't know who three is going to be. 
Uh, who who are your one and two? I think you got to go Juju and you got to go um, Watt. Those Watt. are the guys that have, that had the most. And then and then it's either going to be Hilton or um, or Hayden. Um, Matt McDonald. I mean, McDonald didn't play a lot because he was hurt so much. But man, at the end of the year, he started doing really well. That Jacksonville game, he was very impressive. Uh, did he did? It's I think I think you're right though. It's hard to keep him I, on the list. Yeah, and even Hayden didn't. I mean, Hayden played well, and we needed him. But he didn't have any splash plays, really. Right. Yeah, okay. I think he had probably a couple of interceptions. Yeah, I think he had two or three. Yeah. And I McDonald, think. I agree. Yeah. I'm excited. I will say this. As player who I am most excited to see more of in 2018, that were an award, I would say Vance McDonald, just because you didn't get to see enough of him. In fact, if there were a most potential award, I think Vance McDonald <laughs> might have completed. <laughs> yeah. But you uh, broke your own. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Was that, that. Vance McDonald, shadow winner of the old most potential award. Tony, Tony breaking his own rules. Yeah. It's like a tradition around here. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so that leaves us with T.J. Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Hilton, Joe Hayden. I mean, I, honestly, I'm, I'm happy if it's T.J. Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Hilton, no Joe Hayden. I mean, Joe Hayden was good, but, you know, we're talking about who was the best player in the secondary. You know, I mean, it's between Hayden and Hilton. And honestly, I, you know, Hilton was just such a surprise. I said this. On the on locked on 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 uh, Friday show, but um, you know Mike Hilton in in a secondary that has been hurting so much for young talent to to actually be good at their position, right? Uh, Mike Hilton for the first time ever, we've had like a guy come in and legitimately be good, not just like oh I think they could be good, right? You know we saw Sean Davis, oh he could be good, Artie Burns he could be good. Mike Hilton was legitimately good in the nickel corner slot, um, and so yeah, I think he deserves a spot. So that's your one, two, three. Yeah, I got it. That was easy. Boom, boom, boom. All right. And then, um, I mean, best new player winner. You know, how is it not? How is it not Juju? So really, my, my well, you know, the question in my head is what happened to TJ Watt? Because he came in the first two, three, four games and he looked like a, he looked like he was going to be like his brother. And then, and then he kind of just faded. Just yeah. Disappeared. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we, we, for a long, for a little while there, we had the better of the Watt brothers. Um, yeah, you know, you can argue there's a rookie wall that he might've hit. I think he, he, uh, certainly his play got worse when Shazier went down. Right. I mean, the whole defense did. So, you know, I mean, I'm very suspicious of this now and you, you've already alluded to it. It's like, we get these guys and they start out good and then, and then they don't, and then they don't, nothing happens. Like they just kind of fizzle out. It's yeah. like, well, what happened? And, and I, 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 I wonder if that's, you know, so, so, you know, it's, it's obvious when a quarterback, when you get a young quarterback and that quarterback likes, and they have certain tendencies, they like certain receivers, like certain plays, like to go to a certain side. They, and it's very obvious because the quarterback is so visible, right? So they have two or three good games and then the defenses figure out what they like to do. They take that away. And if, and most quarterbacks don't have it, they don't have a, they don't have a backup you know, they don't have a second repertoire, right? And so then then they just fizzle. And they're just like, okay, what happened to that guy? He was good. Now, well, defense has figured him out, and, and he's got nothing left in the tank. Um, the great quarterbacks, they just adapt. Whatever it is, you you know, you, okay, do you don't like my A game? I'll go to my B game. You don't like my B game? I'll go to my C game. Okay? And, and no matter what you do, where, wherever you're, whatever you're trying to take away from me, I got something else. I got something else to throw at you. Um, and, and I'm just wondering if, if these young guys, uh, like Bud Dupree, right? He he was 
he had five or six games in his rookie season where he looked like he was going to be a monster. Um, and, and I just wonder if he had certain tendencies and the, and the offensive guys were like, okay, this is, how, this is how you take him out of a play. And, and our coaches have no answer to that. And I just, I, I'm very suspicious that this is happening over and over. It's not, it's like one guy it happens to, okay, maybe the guy, you know, but when it happens to all of your new guys, yeah, so uh, if you if you listen, so on uh, John John Ledyard, the the former host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, he and I did a joint podcast on Thursday. He actually made a great point on this, which is that you know this is what happens when you when when you take a bunch of really high upside guys, right? But who are kind of raw at their position, right? We, what the Steelers like to do and what they have done, and this is true of Artie Burns, this is true of Bud Dupree, this is true of kind of of Ryan Shazier, and he kind of worked out. But you and 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 Sean Davis, right? You take guys who are you know, kind of freak athletes who aren't necessarily well-defined football players, right? And so they can get away with a lot of things just from just from raw athleticism, right? Just from talent. Um, but they don't, you know, their their football game is not as refined. And and yeah, to your point, Joe, right? That will work for a little while, right? Just because you know it takes teams a little bit to diagnose. Okay, what is what is the thing that Bud Dupree likes? It. What is what is his pass rush technique, right? Um, and you know, John made a great point that. The Steelers aren't drafting guys who are great at winning in one-on-one battles, right? Linebacker versus tackle, you got to win that battle. Um, you know, they're they're much more about taking these kind of, again, the the kind of raw athlete and trying to teach them one-on-one. And yeah, it's it's not working. So whether it's that they're not capable of it or we're not good enough at at teaching them that, um, yeah, it certainly has not worked out. I mean, you you look at those guys. Ryan Chazier is the success story, but there's a lot of guys underneath there that didn't work out. Now. To TJ Watt's point, or to, to the point about TJ Watt, um, you know, I mean, TJ Watt is a is a Watt brother, right? So he he comes from that lineage. He's working with. I think his game is a little more refined in, in just in that way, as far as like understanding technique, and only because he's with, um, yeah, he's he's working with his brother so much, and he's understands what it takes to be successful at this at this level. So hopefully that won't be the case with Watt, but it could be. So. Going back to best new player, Juju. I mean, it's got to be Juju for yeah. not only for on the field but for off the field too. Juju TV is just, I mean, oh, Listen, can't stop watching it. If you didn't watch Juju play uh, Fortnite with Ninja Drake and uh, Travis Scott, and you missed the maybe the greatest night um, of Fortnite Twitch gaming ever. And the, the, the fact that Juju was a part of it, the fact that Juju. <laughs> Got a MacBook to try and stream on Twitch, and then had, and then uh, got laughed off by Ninja, who's the number one Fortnite streamer, um, and told, "No, man, you got to go buy a PC." So he just runs out to Best Buy and buys a PC right then and there, so he can stream with with the best Fortnite player. Hilarious. He's great. Yeah. So uh, okay, so best new player, Juju, runners up, TJ Watt and Mike Hilton. Funny that we gave it to all rookies, even though we're trying to get you know trying to work in some of those free agents. We'll see. All right, move on to uh, most improved. And I got to tell you, this was a very difficult list to put together. This might have been the hardest for me to put together. I almost cut this as a category too, just because I thought in 2017, you can't name me a most improved player. Uh, But here we go. Jesse James, Vince Williams, Ben Roethlisberger, and I will get to that in a second. Anthony Ciccolo, and my favorite, the game plan against the Patriots. Because... I want to explain this one. The game plan against the Patriots, one most disappointing, 
in 2016 because we played zone, or as Joe said, we played scared. Um, and we didn't do what most teams do against Patriots when they're successful, which is play man-to-man. Now, they didn't do that because they're not a man-to-man defense, right? Traditionally, they've been more mostly a cover two, cover three defense, zone defense. Um, in this year's game against the Patriots, they played zone. Or, I mean, they played man, and they played pretty much exclusively man in that game. I mean, Tony Romo was going absolutely nuts about how not just how the Steelers were playing man-to-man defense, but how successful they were in playing man-to-man defense. You know, being that we don't we haven't played a ton of man um, traditionally or even this season, so I thought it deserved to at least make this uh, list, even if it doesn't win. But um, most improved for game plan against Patriots, and then I do want to explain the Ben Roethlisberger one again. This list is very slim, uh, so I put Ben Roethlisberger on here just because his season improved so much from beginning to end, right? If you look at the beginning of Ben Roethlisberger's season, pretty bad. If you look at the end of the season, pretty good. Um, so I thought that deserved to be on the list because I don't know of another player that even should be on this list. Can you recap him again real quick? I can do that. Jesse James. Sorry. Uh, Jesse James, Vince Williams, Ben Roethlisberger, Anthony Ciccolo. So, I mean, while we're digesting this list, I, I, I just an observation um, uh, about about defense, because really defense is important in, in Steeler country. Um, I see so what you did there. Well, it is. Uh, and, and, um, and so and strategy is important in, in, in sports. So so when you're. You know, I mean, it's a, this isn't a secret. I mean, this goes back to as long as I remember watching football. If your team is in the cellar in your division, and you're a new coach, and you're gonna you're gonna build your team, what do you do when you build that team? You look at you look at the team that's winning the division right now, and you go, "That's who we got to knock off. We got to beat them. Then we can win the division. Then we can go to the playoffs." Okay, so I build a team with that in mind. Okay, well. All right, so I'm going to take that a step further, and that, that's exactly what everybody does. Um, so now you take that a step further, you have this freak team that's been around since 2001, the Patriots, and they've ruled the AFC. They have ruled it. for If you want to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you have to be able to beat New England. Now, no one's been able to do it, so you can't go, oh, well, the Steelers coaches are, you know, in their front office and their strategy, they're all a bunch of idiots because there's um, – 14 other teams that haven't been able to do it either. But to sit here and say, oh, the Steelers, we don't play man here. Even though even though the, the best team in the in the conference for the last 15 seasons um it has the most trouble scoring on a on a team when they play man. Um yeah, we don't do that here. I mean, what is that? That's like insanity to me. Uh, you know, it's just an observation. Yeah, no, I, I think no, I think you're right, and I, but I think they, I think to your point, they they did address that. I mean, last year, right? I mean, that I think a large reason why they went out and spent ten million dollars on uh, Joe Hayden is because of how good Joe Hayden is at playing man-to-man defense. Um, I, I mean, you can make an argument that the reason that they got Artie Burns, I mean, not not that Artie Burns was great in man-to-man coverage at Miami, um, but you know, he was certainly more of a, a physical bump and run type player um, who could transition to a man-to-man defense, and, and I mean Cam Sutton as well, right? Um, it does certainly seem like, I mean, maybe they were late to getting there, but they certainly are, are building a team at this point or, or built a team last year that they felt like could play more man to man. 
But yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they kind of came to that a little late. Okay. I mean, I think it was that was an improvement against the Patriots. The thing I don't like about it is that on that last drive to Gronk, I mean, if they were playing man-to-man, and I complained about this already, they weren't even close to him. Yeah. I mean, no. I already said, if he fights you for the ball and wins, that's fine. But, I mean, you should be able to keep up with him. So, yeah, that was they, still disappointing. That was a weird drive because they, they refused to – so, like, you know, they had been going with – you know, there were times in the game where Mike Hilton was covering Gronk. Um, there were times in the game where it was Sean Davis. Um, and then at that that end drive, they just went Sean Davis the entire way. And it was so clear that, like, whether Sean Davis was just exhausted from trying to, to cover Gronk all game or, you know, he just couldn't. I mean, like, Gronk went to another level there. Whatever it was, it was very clear. Uh, you need to do something here because Sean Davis cannot keep up with Gronk. Um, but, no, they didn't do it. Now, I mean, to, you know, to Sean Davis' defense or to the Steelers' defense, right, I mean, we aren't the only team that the, the Patriots did that to this year. I, I think it was it was either in the Super Bowl or, or against uh, Jacksonville that the Patriots had a drive like that where literally every single play of the drive was Gronk all the way it, down the field. It was, it was the Jaguars because I, I watched it with a puke bag in front yeah. of me. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it is, you know, it's, it's within their bag of tricks to, you know, maybe save some good, some of their better Gronk plays for late in the game if they need them. Um, and yeah, so we weren't the only team they did that to. But no, to your point. Can we can we get a game plan to cover Gronk, please? So, with that being said, though, this is a this is a crap list. I'm not, I'm not trying to like you know make this out to be any better than it is. It's crap. Most improved is our backup tight end Jesse James, Vince Williams. Who I mean, was he? I don't even know if he was good this year. I guess he was improved because he started all 16 games. Ben Roethlisberger, who probably should win this category because I mean you he he did improve leaps and bounds from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Anthony Ciccolo was okay this year. I mean, he he certainly beat out James Harrison for a spot. I don't know if that's good. He beat out a 37-year-old for uh, a rotating spot as a backup linebacker. And then the game plan against the Patriots, which almost has to make it by, by like, process of elimination. What do you guys think? It's just not an exciting category. It sucks. It does suck. Um, I mean, we never give Ben anything because he kind of by default always wins MVP, you know, so he's just like on his own level. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, in the category most improved, um, I, you know, I don't know that he, like, I generally think of it in terms of, you know, last season to this season, not necessarily he played early season, late season. No, I'm breaking the rules on this one. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I and I understand that, and um, I mean, he, he really, you know, he really had a. It was the worst game of his career. We were there live for it. We watched him have the worst game of his life. Um, and it was, I don't think it was close. I don't think he ever had a game that bad, um, even close to that bad as the Jacksonville game in Pittsburgh in October of last year. And for him to come back and have the end of the season that he did uh he's not a young guy um and there were plenty of critics out there um and so uh yeah i think he he i i mean of anybody you could pick he's the guy he would be the guy you would pick so i go with him and then after him i would go with um jesse james because jesse did jesse did um he was a bigger part of the offense this year for yeah. sure yeah yeah certainly was okay so 
if it's okay, so it's Ben. And I will give you, I will give you the third one, the uh, the the, the uh, game plan against the Patriots. I mean, it's kind of pathetic that I have to say that's most true. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's only because it was so bad last year. It's like, okay, yeah. In terms of percentages, we're going from you know, it's like the infinite improvement because last year we didn't try. And this year we hey, tried. They ran man to man six times in the AFC Championship game. They definitely that, tried. That's an improvement. <laughs> All right, Mike. Do you have any opposition to this? I don't. I I, I do want to just give a shout out to Vince Williams because um, I mean he did start all the games and him and Shazier were really working well together and um, obviously Shazier was probably carrying him a little bit but he was learning from him and. Um, then, you know, it just dropped off when Shazier went down. But I think Vince is improving. So, and he's a solid inside backer, and and hopefully he's going to continue to get better. But I agree with the list. Yeah. All right. So most improved is Ben Roethlisberger. The runners up are Jesse James and the game plan against the Patriots. We finally did it. We finally ran man to man, and it was successful for three and a half quarters. All right. Let's get to defensive player of the year. This is going to be a tough one. Because um, we've been tough on this defense. But I will say there are some players on this list who are going to make this a little difficult. Um, So let's get to the nominees. I have six, seven. Cam Hayward, the first player since Lamar Woodley, and I believe it was 2012, to have double-digit sacks as a Steeler. Um, Still haven't had an outside linebacker score double-digit sacks yet since, since Lamar Woodley. But Cam Hayward did get, I believe, 11 or 12 sacks this year. T.J. Watt, uh, and he was a great rookie. Mike Hilton, Joe Hayden, Ryan Shazier, Stephon Tuitt. And when I made this list, I put Mike Mitchell on this list. I don't know why. Um, It's funny because I made this nominee list before Mike Mitchell got cut. And now looking at the list, it just seems funny that Mike Mitchell's on there. I'll keep him, but um, that's kind of funny. So, again, uh, nominees Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, Mike Hilton, Joe Hayden, Ryan Shazier, Stephon Tuitt, Mike Mitchell. I guess we can uh, nominate Mike Mitchell to be cut from this list. <laughs> cut from the team and the list. Gone. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Mike Hilton, you know, it was good. I don't know if he was MVP. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Although, if you're going to say that, if you're going to say that, Joe Hayden probably needs to come off the list too, right? Yeah, I agree with, yeah, I agree, okay. Joe Hayden. So, um, okay, so now the list is Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Ryan Shazier, Stefan Tuitt. Um, I don't. TJ Watt, not enough down the stretch? Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if. I mean, TJ Watt's fun and exciting, and I think he's. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch him going forward, but I don't know. I mean, he wasn't. He was very good this year. I don't know if he was defensive MVP, you know, defensive player of the year. Joe, are you good with moving TJ Watt? Yes. All right, so this brings us to three players. Cam Hayward, Ryan Shazier, Stefan Tuitt. Um, okay, so we're going to pick a winner here out of these three. I think it's going to come from either Cam Hayward or Ryan Shazier, right? Now, the question is, how do we want to define this category? Because if it's, if it's the player of the year, right, who had the best season, I think it's Probably Cam Hayward because he had, you know, he had 12 sacks, first double-digit sacks. He had a great year. 
But if, if we're defining it as defensive MVP, the most valuable player on the defense, well, then I think it's Ryan Shazier going away because of what happened before and after, right? So I think we probably need to, de- to decide how we want to award this. So uh, unfortunately, you have to. I have to show my cards early in order to make to in order to to make sense in this oh, category. Oh my God! No way. Okay, go on. I know where you're going with this. I just, I, I'm sorry. I have to do this because I'm not going to give this. I'm going to give this one to me. The MVP of the defense goes to Cam Hayward because Cam Hayward is the anchor of the defense. He's the, on the defensive line. Um, and he he defines whether we can stop the run or not uh, alongside with Tuit. So I would almost give it to the two of them um, for defensive player of the year. And and to me, um, Ryan Shazier is in a different I, – I have something else to say about Ryan Shazier. Okay. I not, because, not because he got hurt. Right. No, I, I see where you're going with this. Okay. I, I'll, make, I'll make the argument for Shazier. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying because I think Cam – did great on the field and he made the pro bowl what the first time in his career, which was, you know, he's been overlooked so many times. Yeah. And so, um, I think that was awesome and he probably did the most on the field, but just like you pointed out, Tony, um, we could not stop the run when Shazier went off and, and Cam Hayward and two were still there. And, and he, and, and Shazier was on his way to an MVP season. Um, he was going to make the pro bowl. Right. Uh, and, so by missing him, I think it proves that maybe he is the most valuable player. Yeah, well, I think, okay, so let's, let's skip ahead. Because I think I know where Joe's going with this. And usually we do it this way anyway. Um, I, I think, Joe, the point you're trying to make is that Ryan Shazier should win MVP of the team. The most valuable the team. player on the Steelers in 2017 uh, was Ryan so Shazier. I have, the, I have a simple criteria for that. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the man being hurt, except that he wasn't there anymore. So it would have to do with that. Um, but we always say, and this was my, this was the point with the, and this truly is the Sepulveda award, right? Because right. I myself don't, I don't care about splash. I don't care who made the most exciting plays. I don't care who scored If this person wasn't there, how responsible is this person for how many more games would we have lost right. or not win because this player wasn't there? Um, and in this case, we don't have to imagine that. We we unfortunately it, yeah. for for Ryan himself, we saw what happened, and it was the defense shut off, the lights went out, there was no defense left, and I don't know if it was because the guys were just you know their heads were screwed up, or or um or if the, he was there's just no way to replace him. Um, I think it's more of the latter, uh, and I, and so that's my my argument is. Yes, he's the most valuable player on the defense. He's the most valuable player on the team um, uh, because the, the, we have an entire side of the ball that's dysfunctional without him. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any other player on the team that, that had that kind of an impact this year. I didn't think about that for the team for whatever reason because a lot of times we think of oh you know A B uh, Lev Bell Ben if they're the M, you know offensive MVP are they the MVP of the team. And so I think that way. I didn't think about this for whatever reason. But now that you bring it up, I'll just ask you one question. If Shazir was on the field against the Jaguars, would we have won the game in the, in the playoffs? I think so. Yes. I think so, too. I mean, you know, they wouldn't have given up 45 points. We would have won. So I, I also think, I agree. think we win the game against the Patriots. Patriots, too, yeah. Stupid ending. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, so I, I could agree with that. played in 
Pittsburgh and, you know, all the other things that go on with it. No, the defense stopped playing ball. We, don't, we, didn't, we weren't giving up 42 points a game when, when Shazier was playing. No. No, this, you're absolutely I'm right. I'm they stopped playing. I, I think they were just um, – uh, they were whatever. Not this in the right word, but discombobulated. I mean, basically unorganized maybe. Yeah. Not on the same page. Not yeah, I mean, he, remember, he was the he was the he was the captain Missing of the defense. The he was the, the, yeah. The, yeah, he was the, the quarterback of the defense, and so um, it took a. There was certainly some growing pains there that never really they never really recovered from. No doubt about that. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Joe, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I honestly I didn't even have him on my nominees for MVP. So my nominees for MVP we're going to skip ahead. Nominees for MVP were Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger, and Chris Boswell. Who I thought Chris Boswell could be our, our, our sleeper MVP this year because of how many clutch kicks. But no, I think you're absolutely right. I think Ryan Shazier's most deserved award this year is um, is MVP. Because there's there's you can draw a yeah, I mean, there's there's night and day difference between when Ryan Shazier was on the field for this defense and when he was not. And um, yeah, he we 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 were a completely different team without him. I mean if you think about it, it's the exact same situation as the Sepulveda thing. We had a dysfunctional unit. <laughs> it's not dis- the same as Sepulveda. I'm not, not going over that far. A kick. And we had a punter who made touchdown saving tackle after touchdown I, saving okay? so <laughs> if so he it, had it more a, than two I, tackles that year, I'm gonna be shocked. I'm gonna look it up. No, see Rock Zier goes down with a horrific injury. Um and and the defense becomes dysfunctional. I mean, it's just not a competitive defense anymore. It just was not. And, and, you know, you can say whatever you want to say about it, but there's no arguing with what happened after he left. It is completely night and day difference. Daniel. His name is Daniel Sepulveda. Sorry. The Daniel Sepulveda Award? So Ryan Shazier wins the Daniel Sepulveda MVP Award from Steeler Country. Right, I'm looking one. up how many tackles he had in his career. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I got to know now. Now I got to know, right? But, uh, well, all right. Well, I'm going to guess five. Touchdown saving tackles. I mean, do you, if, you search, if you search Daniel Sepulveda on, uh, on Google, the, the first video result is Daniel Sepulveda destroys punt returner. So you know. <laughs> I'm not making so, it for him. No, he did. You know what? I think I remember that. He had one where he laid a guy out. I mean, he was – and I heard – you guys told me this. Or I think we talked about it on Steeler Country that he played um, maybe linebacker or something no, in rugby. He, I think he played rugby in college. He played rugby. Okay. Well, he was a tough guy. He was a tough dude. Um, and, he, and thank goodness he could tackle. You know, hey, I still honestly, say – they don't even keep tackle stats for this guy. I, I mean, I know he had tackles. I just can't find them. I bet you – he had more tackles than any other punter in a single season. <laughs> I'm still surprised. I'm still surprised that every punter in the NFL is not from the Australian Rules Football League. So they could tackle? Well, or punt left and right footed. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Fake punts. All right. I can't find it. All right. So uh, MVP, winner of MVP is going to be Ryan Chase here. We just got to get uh, their two nominees, like the two people underneath. So Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Juju, Ben, Boswell. Obviously, Antonio Brown had offense, and then we then we can put those two okay. together. Yeah. So, winner of defensive player of the year is Cam Hayward. Runners up are Ryan Shazier and on to it. 
Uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Nominees are Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquise Pouncey, and Chris Boswell. I don't know if he's an offensive player. More of a special teams player, but I guess he can go on offense. I don't know. This year, to me, this was... This was the Le'Veon Bell year for me. You think so? No, I think this was the AB year. AB. Oh yeah, AB. I agree with AB. AB yeah. almost won MVP. Uh, well, I mean, Le'Veon Bell had a great year, and he missed the first two games. Did he miss the first two games? He missed. Uh, well, no, no, he he didn't miss any games. He just. Uh, I mean, whether he, oh, whether, he was he slow missed starter. them in spirit, right? Starter. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so AB was leading the league. I think AB actually led the league in receiving, even though he missed the last four games. Is that right? Well, wasn't that the same thing with um, uh, uh, Bell? Bell? No, Bell didn't lead the league in rushing. Kareem Hunt did. Not rushing, uh, just yards from scrimmage. Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up now. I'm not ready. I'm not pre. I'm not prepped for this podcast. I'll be honest. The problem with yards from scrimmage is that you can't look it up. You have to add it up yourself. I mean, that is such a. It's a huge factor in the league now, and that should just be a regular stat, and it should be the number one stat. Well, I mean, ESPN doesn't have it, but I think Pro the Football Reference has it. Most really, I don't yeah. care whether I hand it off or I threw the ball to you. If you're getting the yards. You're getting the yards. And um, right. I, I, listen. The offense had a phenomenal year. I mean, you got 500 yard games in there and 400 yard games in there, multiples. Um, you have comeback wins. Yeah, you know, you got you got wins where you know we can't play defense. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all over the place. You can give it to Ben, you can give it to Bell, you can give it to Brown. I think it goes to one of them, and Butler has to be in there too, um, because Butler, Butler, uh, or not Butler. Uh, uh, what did you say, Bosworth? Uh, uh, God, I, One of those bees. I, I thought you were, yeah, I know. I, I honestly, I thought you were talking about Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator. I just thought, uh, what? <laughs> uh, no, okay. because of his deep, because of his defensive playing so poorly, our offense <laughs> yeah. had to play so well. One of those yeah, type yeah. of reverse psychology things. Sorry, reverse no. psycho stuff. Um, I wasn't that Mike, but it's intriguing. Yeah, Le- Le'Veon Bell lost the uh, race for. Um, all-purpose yards to Todd Gurley. It was uh, Todd Gurley had 2,093. Le'Veon Bell had 1,946. Okay. Still great. Todd Gurley. Wait, all-purpose or yards from scrimmage? Yards. Uh, that's uh, all-purpose yards. So that includes returns, which neither of them probably run. I don't think either of them have. You want yards from scrimmage? All right. So I, yards from scrimmage. I mean, that's, it's probably the same. Probably it, is the same. same. it actually is the same. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he was up there. And so did Brown win the – did he have the most – Brown, yards? Yeah, Brown had the most receiving yards and I believe the most passes caught, even though he didn't play. Remember, he was hurt at the end of the year. He had like 1,500 receiving yards. And what was the total yards from scrimmage for Bell? Um, for Bell, it was uh, 1,900. Dang. I mean, those That's two guys. Were... Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, and it goes to my point that I made on the podcast with, with John, uh, where I don't understand why the Steelers won't just give Le'Veon a contract for like, if he wants... This, this, you know, this crazy deal for fifteen million dollars a year. Just give it to him. Just give it to him for three years, three or four years, whatever it's going to be. He probably doesn't have three good years left. But, but here's well, the thing: I think he does. You got Ben. You got us. Ben for three years, right? You're going to find a better running back than Le'Veon Bell. Who? I I agree. They should give him sixteen a year, right, for three years. He's been and that's what forty eight guaranteed, and then because like a five-year, $90 million or $100 million contract where he'll never see years four and five. 
Right. The prop- exactly. or, or they'll renegotiate. They'll renegotiate yeah. or whatever. I mean, when Ben retires, we're blowing the whole team up anyway, so who cares? You can't. You can't. The problem is he's injury prone. And so you he commit to him. Last year. He was the first year, first year of his career, played all, all 16 games. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So is that, when's that going to happen again? Next year. Next year. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> all right. Hey, when you look, when you have you a player like MVP that, this year, you you're never going to give him MVP because he's probably going to get hurt next year. And then he's probably going to be off the team after that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a case here because I thought AB was gonna be the the MVP, MVP. of the team and yeah, Bell was so gonna nice. be the offensive. So I think and I agree with Shazier being the MVP of the team. So I think we got to go co MVPs here. Oh, okay, co co player of the year, AB oh. and Le'Veon. For I think so. I mean they're both. It's hard to I mean AB's catches were just unbelievable. Yeah, they were. All right, we got okay, but here's the but thing. I gotta make. I we gotta out. put Boz somewhere. Either Boz it's is a. Cop, it's kind of a cop out to do that. You gotta rank them one, two, three. But it oh, should be yeah. those three guys. All right. Should be Boz. Should be should be um Bell and Brown. But you gotta say what what order. Who's I the think most... Brown. I think Brown was better than Bell this year. I think so Brown was Brown, arguably an MVP candidate in the NFL. If you take Brown off the team, that's the biggest hit to the offense, more so than Bell. Well, that goes into depth. We had play a game. You're going to play a game without a player. Well, that's the vi- – these, listen, these guys are the victims of each other. They're all so freaking good. They do make each other better. You understand that. Yeah, no, we right? would have lost more games without AB. Think about the, think about the catch that AB made against Kansas City, the catch that AB made against against uh, Baltimore, the catch that AB made on the sideline against Green Bay. I mean, my God, the hey, amount of games that he won for us. How about the moves? How about the runs? How about the, the moves uh, of Bell? Those aren't, you know. I know he gets he gets a hole, but then, but then, um, you know, he's he's making guys he's he's making guys miss. He's getting around guys. He's he's cutting. Um, yeah, that's on him. A, a lot of a lot of Le'Veon's yards that he got were only because of like he got the most touches of anyone in the league. Like he he was he got the ball more than anyone in the league, which is why oh. he got so many yards. Okay, I'm gonna help you out here because right. I, I think AB had the better season because of yards and the catches and everything. But then when it comes to MVP, like who could you afford to lose more? Is it AB or Bell? And usually in my in wide receiver versus running back, it's the running back. But really, who can you afford to lose the least? It's the quarterback. Yeah. So if you're going to play that game, then Ben's the MVP. Right. We, well, Ben, but, we, we've always said Ben is just on his own. Right. Yeah, Ben's know. like not allowed yeah. to win because it's not as fun. Because yeah, But I think of the three <laughs> or even of the four, I think AB had the best season. I think AB had the best season. I think AB had the best season too. All right, I agree. All right. So Le'Veon Bell will be one of our runners-up. Who's the third runner-up? Can it be – all right, we, we, we got to put Boz somewhere. Either Boz got to be a runner up for MVP, or Boz got to be a runner up for offensive player because uh, the amount of clutch kicks that clicks, kicks that Boz made, especially on that second half of the year run where we just played everyone to the closest really games of all time. Be the he should be runner up to Shazier for the okay for, the for MVP. MVP. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then you want to put you want to put Juju or do you want to put Ben as runner up for offensive player of the year? Oh, I think um, I think so. Be Ben. Juju already won an award. Juju won. Juju won best new player. Yeah, that's true. Well, Ben did too. He got most improved. Oh, but he didn't win it though, did he? Yeah, he won most improved. Did he win it? Yeah, oh, he yeah. did win it. He did win. Wait till he gets it. I wonder where he's going to put it. I know. Yeah, it's it's well. He's he won the one of the last Stuart Country awards ever given out too. It's it's uh, extraordinary. Are we not going to do this on? Um, of course, Locked we're going to do this on Locked On. I have I have. 
like 200 shows I have to do. Are you kidding me? I'm going to milk this for all it's worth. Like two weeks of content you got here. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, so we have offensive player, uh, winner, Antonio Brown, runners-up, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, MVP, winner, Ryan Shazier, runner-up, Chris Boswell. I don't know who our other runner-up is going to be. Uh, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, you could do that one to Juju. Because he had that hit against uh, Burfitt. And not only did he have so many spectacular plays, uh, you know what? Yeah. You, know what, you know why Juju should win, should get MVP? Because in a year where the NFL stopped being fun for so much, so so much of the year, oh, yeah, Juju right. reminded <laughs> us that the NFL is supposed to be football is supposed to be an entertaining, entertaining uh, event, and that you turn on football and on Sundays not because you want news of the day and and you know to get to get everyone's thoughts on uh, on the news of the world. You want to ha- be entertained by football. And Juju reminded us all that football at the end of the day is about football and not all the extracurricular bullshit. And I think he should, I mean, just because of his touchdown celebrations, that's got to be worth something. And not only that, he choreographed them all and he forced other guys to do touchdown celebrations. The other thing that hit on, um, on uh, Burfick did was it got him suspended. And so then the next week he went, he, if you didn't see this on YouTube, you have to see it as hilarious. He, so he suspended. So, so in the days before the game, you know, the, the fans, uh, we, we do this, we get into town a few days early and you, you know, you're milling around the stadium and the little restaurants and bars that are near the stadium and all. And he's out there with his hat on and these geek glasses on acting like he's a reporter. Oh yeah. Right. I saw this. What did you think of the, what did you think of the hit on perfect? And he's asking, he's asking fans and, yeah. they're, and they're telling them what yeah. they, what great. they think. And some of the some of the fans recognized him, but not that many. All right, so MVP Ryan Shazier, runners up Chris Boswell and Juju Smith Schuster. This is the first year ever in Steeler Country history that we have done an MVP where it was not no not even nominated, not even runner up or winner of Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger. The Killer Bees uh, did not make the list, unless you consider Chris Boswell a Killer Bee, and I guess probably should be right. I consider him one. Yeah. He was certainly a killer bee this year. All right. So that is going to do it with Steeler Country. Um, that's going to do it with Steeler Country forever. Oh, maybe not forever, right? We, we, we could bring Steeler Country back if if uh, locked on thing doesn't, doesn't go anymore. Like an emergency podcast. Yeah, an emergency Steeler Country. But uh, this is it, guys. This is uh, – so thank you, guys. Uh, thank you all for listening, everyone who's listened to this podcast over the past 10 years. Thank you so much. Uh, we've had a, an extraordinary time doing this. You know, um, like I said on my first podcast on Unlocked On, um, me, Mike, and Joe. You know, we started this podcast ten years ago because you know we were already having these kinds of conversations. You know, just you know on, on the phone every day talking Steelers, um, and we thought, you know, why? What? What better place to have this conversation than on a podcast where we can bring in the fans and, and get you guys' opinion on stuff? So. Um, Thank you, everyone who has listened to this podcast. Thank you, Mike and Joe, for for helping me do this for the last ten years. Um, and I hope everyone continues listening. You know, again, this is this while this is the end of Sealer Country. You know, this is not the end of this podcast forever. We're just moving it to Locked On and the Locked On Network. And and I want to thank Locked On for for bringing me on. And and um, you know, so this will be again. This will be a daily podcast for now. So you get even more Sealer Country for it. So, Mike and Joe, see you. Tony, salute. Congratulations. Thanks. It's been a fun ride. 
All right. And we will, so Steeler Country uh, is done, but again, see you on Monday for more Locked On.